This is Center Stage, putting lawyers in the spotlight by highlighting attorneys and other industry experts to help take your law firm to the next level. Hey everyone, and welcome to Center Stage. I'm your host, John Henson, and this week we're diving in pretty deep. We're going to get really technical, and we're going to just address a lot of like the, the questions and concerns that we hear a lot at Spotlight Branding just around website hosting and security. Because look, not surprisingly, uh, most business owners out there, they're not tech wizards. They're, there's just no real frame of reference for how website hosting and security and all that kind of stuff works. Um, so it's easy to get frustrated or just to get swayed into believing a lot of things that just aren't true. Um, and, you know, and we'll talk a little bit later in the episode just about like some of these cold sales emails that a lot of marketing companies will send out to try to scare you into thinking that your website's not performing the way it should. Um, and so to help me do that, I have asked our website hosting partner, Lance Dawkins from WordKeeper to join us and just kind of set the record straight on a lot of stuff. Uh, Lance is a really great source of information just about this world and how all of it works. Um, and so I'm glad he's here. Lance, thanks so much for joining us this week. Yeah, thanks, John. Glad to be here. Awesome. So yeah, before we jump in, uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, your company, and, and kind of why you are the expert that we're talking to this week. Uh, well, I, I'm the owner and, and CEO of WordKeeper. We're a specialized type of website hosting that we like to call delegated hosting. There's a lot of uh, specialty focuses that we have that are a lot more in line with what's normal uh, for the, the average website user to expect. You know, things like security, stability, speed, these are all just foregone conclusions with hosting uh, that honestly don't often come with it. And so our specialty is to make sure that they do. Uh, so that's that's kind of what we do. My background is is full on nerd. I've been doing, you know, coding or something technical for at this point, probably 25 years. And uh, it just it, the, the the more that it's going to lead towards some meaningful benefit, whether that's security or performance, the more we're going to dig into it, no matter how obscure it is. So that's kind of what we do. And um, we've got a team full of, I always like to say nerds uh, that, that basically do all of that to get us where we want to be. Awesome. So yeah, just to kind of jump into this and, and you kind of mentioned a little bit um, right there at the start, but like, what are, what are just some common misconceptions that people have around website hosting in general? You know, like, I don't want to, the intent is not to kind of turn this into like a bashing of like the bigger GoDaddies and host gators and stuff like that. But I think that's where a lot of the misconceptions come from. So what have you seen that people just don't have a, a real good understanding of? You know, I'd say the most important thing that people get confused about when it comes to hosting is what its purpose is. You know, once you understand what the purpose of the hosting is, then everything else kind of follows from that. And there's a lot of misconceptions right on the edge of, of the misunderstanding of what its purpose is. But if, if you're taking your common case, let's just say that your, your typical business out there, the reason that you have a website, generally speaking, is either for sales or for marketing. Now you do have a couple of different types of businesses out there that use a website specifically for service purposes or something like, you know, an API integration. So the website just does something for them in the background, but the vast majority of people are doing it for either sales or marketing purpose. And if that's the purpose for the website, then what the hosting is, is the engine that drives that. And so the last thing that you want to do is go get yourself uh, like a Pinto to drive the thing that is going to be feeding you. 
if the thing that you have put up there, that website, you're going to be marketing it through email marketing, social media, through SEO, whatever it is, the last thing that you want is to have a situation where every time you put any pressure on it at all, it collapses and where you're having a lot of uh, problems that probably shouldn't be there because every problem you have with the hosting is something that is immediately blocking you from whatever the purpose of the website is. So if you take a look at what the purpose of hosting is, probably the most important misconception that people have about hosting is that it's not just a commodity. Mm. You know, if you, you can make it a commodity, a lot of people do. And so the only thing that they'll do is look at the price of the hosting. But if you only look at price and you don't look at quality, then, you know, the rule is you get what you pay for. And so what winds up happening is that you start dealing with a website that is a lot more exciting than what you would really prefer that it be. And by that, I mean, like, good hosting is hosting you don't. If you're noticing the hosting, it's never a good thing. It's always something bad. And right. every one of those bad things is either literally costing you in dollars or it's costing you in opportunities. Costs or opportunities are always the cost. So getting your mind around, you know, this is the thing that makes everything either just work or just not is, is a really good place to start because until you get that part right, then you're just looking at the dollar cost and thinking that it's a commodity that's the same everywhere. And, right. you know, to your point, one of the things I said earlier, it's not the same everywhere. Right, right on the back end of that, is where your focus is as a host. And you're either focusing on doing things as cheaply as possible, or you're focused on doing things as well as possible. If you're doing them as cheaply as possible, that means you're cutting corners. That's where all the problems come from. If you're doing them as well as possible, then what you're doing is looking to incorporate all kinds of things that people think are in hosting that aren't. So that's things like making sure that the site is secure, not just that the server that the site is on is secure making sure that you're backing up the sites and keeping those backups around for a period of time, just in case of an emergency, things like trying to make sure the site's both stable and fast. Those are all foregone conclusions that most people actually have is just going to come with any hosting that they buy. But for the vast majority of hosts out there, those aren't even on the roadmap of targets, let alone something that you should expect. So that's really where, you know, we've kind of situated ourselves as a company is to try to align what we do with what people expect without ever saying a word to us. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I think it's for on the outside, you know, especially people who have no real frame of reference for it. They, like you said, like they think that hosting comes with all of that, but really that bare bones package, you know, like the, whatever it is, like nine ninety nine a month from GoDaddy or whatever, that's just to make sure that your website is on the internet. You know, you, you have your website, you do have to have it hosted. Like you can't, there's no way around that. You have to have it hosted in order for people to get to it. But yes, to that point, you know, people think that if uh, their website gets hacked, that GoDaddy or Bluehost or HostGator will make it all right. They, you know, if for some reason that their website disappears, that there's just going to automatically be a backup, the most like as if, and, and have it back up with the most recent updates and everything, but that's not yep. actually the case. And that's, that's just really good insight. Um, the other thing that I, I that you kind of hit on a little bit is that it sounds like a lot of issues with website performance come from hosting, not necessarily how the website was designed. And, and you know, there's nuanced conversations, especially in the WordPress world, about plugins and and how all of that works. But in terms of just like speed or just um, you know, load times and, and just how everything renders and, and all of that. 
a lot of that can be with hosting. So to your point, if I understood you correctly, if you're on that bare bones hosting, because I've seen this with some of our clients who are hosting on GoDaddy, the load times are a lot slower. It renders a lot slower and it has nothing to do with how the website was designed. It's all in the host that you chose. Yeah, there, I mean, there's definitely two categories of speed. There's the speed that has to do with the hosting. And then there's the speed that has to do with the content and the design of the site. And it, it, I'm going to tell you, most people get those confused. You know, they go and look at something like a Google page speed test, and that is almost e exclusively design and content related speed. But they do have sort of a footnote that they'll put in there occasionally that has something to do with the hosting. And ironically, a lot of times when you see a slow website, the part that Google's complaining about is not the part that your average human would say, this is what makes the site slow. You know, it's the other kind, the hosting kind. And that hosting kind, if you really think about it, it it's pretty, it, it's not as mysterious as you might think. You know, if you think about a company that specializes in keeping costs as low as possible, that means a couple of things. Cutting corners, obviously, we talked about that. But think about the monetization of that. To monetize something where you're not making much on a per customer basis means that the only way you're going to do it is one of two things, either upsell on every opportunity or overcrowd things. Because you have to have a bunch of customers to make the same kind of margin on those number of customers. So what you typically see with a lot of the cheaper hosts out there is that they're not really charging accordingly. They should be charging enough to do all the things that you're expecting them to do. They should be charging enough so that they don't have to overcrowd their servers, but they're not. And everything that you would think of, like if you think of being on an overcrowded plane and how unpleasant that's going to be, that carries over to hosting too. It's no different than anything else. Yeah. You know, if you've got a giant crowd of people on a server, it's just like being on a plane. Getting out's going to take longer. It's going to be uncomfortable. The people in, you know, in the plane are going to be tripping over each other. It's the exact same thing with websites. And it's all structured around, you know, charging too little to try to aim for that lowest common denominator that people are looking for whenever they look at hosting like a commodity. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the Google page speed test and we'll get to that in a second, but I wanted to go back because um, security is a huge thing, you know, and like you said, you know, a lot of people just kind of assume that that's just part of it. That's part of a basic hosting package. That's not necessarily the case, but what, what all sorts of things even go into providing security for a website? Well, the first thing really has to do with what the target is. If you talk to your average host out there, if they say something like we have security or we have firewalls, what they actually mean is we're protecting ourselves from getting hacked. That has nothing to do with protecting you from getting hacked. That's your job as far as those guys are concerned, because that means that they have to step over the line from something that is just hosting to something that has to do with your website and what you put into the website and how that operates. And so what your typical host is going to do is they're going to say, we're going to protect the server because that's where our liability is. And we expect you to protect your site because that's where your liability is. And so we're not going to, we're not going to cross over those lines at all. Um, what we're going to do is say, we, we as a host are to give you a slice of a computer in the corner that's plugged into the internet and make sure that that doesn't go down. That, the hosting, that server, not anything to do with your site. So really just changing the focus to say, what I care about as a host is the customer and the experience they have with their own website, not just is the hosting still plugged into the internet and functional. You know, that's really the first step. And so that's what we do is we focus on what is life 
and, and living with that website going to be like? And so what we're doing is we're, we're looking for opportunities to protect whatever you've put into the site. And in a common case, especially with uh, legal sites, you know, those tend to be based on WordPress. One out of four websites these days is WordPress. And a lot of small businesses will use that to market because they can do pretty much whatever they want. But we know where a lot of the weaknesses are with WordPress, you know, different areas that people really should never be poking and prodding, you know, certain things like that, that are just basics to uh, doing things wisely. And so we, we set the ground with what we are doing to go protect that. We put guards at those gates to make sure that the gates aren't totally open just because you're not the security expert in the room, right? If you own the site, you may have that responsibility with your typical host, but that doesn't make you an expert. We realize that. And so what we're doing is we're saying, we're the experts, we know how to do this stuff. So we're going to, we're gonna put guards at all the common gates so that it's at least not easy to hack your site because we can't protect everything. I mean, there's millions and millions of different types of ways to hack and that changes like every day, yeah. but that's not really the goal anyway. You know, if you're running away from a bear and you've got several other people running with you, the goal isn't to be the fastest person. It's to be faster than the, not the guy next to you, right? <laughs> you know, when, when the hackers are going after every site out there, you know, there, there's so many sites that aren't doing anything to protect their site that just because you are, you've raised that bar enough that they move on. And that's really what our, our goal is with the security side of things. Yeah. So, and you said, I mean, there's, you said there's millions of ways, but I mean, like what, like how do websites even end up getting hacked in the first place? It's just, it's just cause like, I, that's something that I've never understood because like, and we've had our website get hacked before. And like it, in our minds, like we didn't do anything different. We didn't do anything wrong, but all of a sudden we come up and we try to open our website and it's like this completely different language. And there's a bunch of weird graphics on there and it's absolutely not what our website was. How, what are, what are the most common ways that you see this even end up happening? Well, it, like in broad strokes, this really gets kind of chalked up to an abdication of responsibility or, 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 or a lack of acceptance of responsibility. And the way that that plays out for most people is that most of the people that own sites don't even know the responsibility is there. Why would they? Nobody's told them. It's a super technical thing. And so, you know, you don't even have anybody that's watching out for that side of things. You're not being told that things like running updates on a routine basis for all the software that your site is composed of is a critical thing. But if you have technology, it's based on software. That software is going to receive updates from manufacturers on a routine basis. A website is no different. You know, the WordPress plugins, all the things that make a website are getting updates like sometimes multiple times a day. And those are going to include anything from fixing problems that they've discovered and how the thing works to uh, patching security holes that were reported by somebody who's a security expert in the industry. You know, it could be all over the map. And so as a, as a fundamental, it's kind of like if you think of owning a website and running these updates uh, in the terms of like a car, you don't run a car constantly without getting an oil change. If you do, you're going to have some serious damage that's done to your car over time. Yeah. It's basically the same thing that a security problem is, is that installing those updates, for example, running those backups on a routine basis, that's just oil changes. Somebody has to do it. And if the answer is nobody's doing it, then over time, eventually, a hacker is going to figure out that something that was a bug in a plugin that you're using six months ago had a security issue in it that they could just walk right in the front door on. 
And if you yeah. had just installed that update, it would never have even been there. Yeah. You know, that, there's there's other cases for that. Sometimes it's a game of leapfrog. So sometimes the hackers figure out that there's a hole in a plugin before the manufacturers do. But it, it's it's something where if you're playing the game of leapfrog, you're going to be better off than, than if you're not playing the game of leapfrog because you at least know that you're in the game, right? Yeah. And so a lot of it really just comes down to make sure you get those proverbial oil changes and then you're good. Right. And, and I don't want to give you the impression like just because you're doing all the right things doesn't mean you're unhackable. You're not right. just suddenly Fort Knox. Right. So there's always contingencies too. Like if, you, if they get through all of that, then, then what? Because you're, if, you, if you've done all the right things and you get hacked anyway, you still have to do something about that. And so having that contingency plan where you know who it is that's going to take on that responsibility is kind of the next thing. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of hosts out there. We're definitely on the sort that says, look, if we're the ones that have the guard at the gate, then we're also the ones that need to be there to clean up the mess if they find a way to shoot the card, right? Right. You know? So it, it just depends on your host as to whether that's even something they're looking at as, as to their responsibility or not. But it is somebody's responsibility. And if you don't know the answer to whose responsibility, then the, question, the, the answer to that question means it's yours as the site owner. Yeah. And, and I, and I want to clarify like one thing real quick, cause I mentioned like our website got hacked, but then I also called you like our hosting partner. And so like, I just want to clear up like our website got hacked and then we moved over to you guys and we've been like great ever since. So like, there's a small like endorsement for you real quick there, but, but just, it's, it's so interesting just in, in all of that. And, and one of the things that I, I think about a lot of times is one of the one of the things that I see a lot, and, and maybe you can speak to this because it's just a general question that I have. I see a lot of times where uh, like websites or or platforms will be down because of server maintenance, mm-hmm. and like it feels like an inconvenience. I mean, it's usually done in the middle of the night, so it doesn't bother me anyway. But what is what does that actually mean? Is that is that when they're going in and just kind of doing those oil changes and just making sure that everything is, is up to date and that there aren't any obvious holes and things that where people can get in and hack it. It's kind of all of the above. It's just at a different level. You know, what we were talking about earlier with oil changes was doing it at the WordPress level or at the Mm. website level, you know, whatever you've used to build your website. Right. The, the server maintenance you're talking about is the same thing, but it's at the server level. So that's a purely hosting thing. Yeah. That stuff has to be done all the time. And depending on what it is, sometimes it's going to be a little bit louder than others. You know, every so often we'll wind up in a situation where we've got to get loud with the way that we do it. So I think it's been a couple of years since the last one of these, but there were these warnings that went out that said basically like 97% of all computers in existence have a security problem. And then the only way to fix that is you got to restart the computer. Well, computers are what you've got your website on. So you restart the thing for a couple of minutes, you're going to notice there's a problem, right? Right. Because that's, you know, it's just like turning off your computer at home. Everything you had running on it just stopped while you were doing that. That that stuff's pretty loud, but a lot of it you could just do in in the background. And that's exactly what we try to do most of the time is just do that stuff in the background with the exception of those ones where there's just no other choice. But that's, it's still oil changes. They've got to be done. The question is by who and how often, right? Yeah. So last question, last big question that I have for you, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, are these Google page speed tests? 
And I know that we, we have sent a lot of this your way because our clients will come to us and be like, hey, I got this email from this SEO company or this other marketing company. And they say, my website is just doing really badly. Like it's failing all of these tests in Google and it's, it's hurting my, my website and people aren't going to it and it's all of this stuff. But, and, and you and I have, have talked about this before and it's so amazing just how easily manipulating it can be just because of people preying on, on business owners, just not having an understanding of this. So you hit on it a little bit before, but why is it that Google page speed test and, and these cold sales emails in general really just actually aren't truthful or don't really tell the full story? A lot of it really just comes down to confusion. You know, like the, the fact is that very few people even know how to read those page speed reports. And by that, I don't mean like just business owners. I mean, like people who've been in the industry for 10, 20 years have no clue what Google is talking about whenever they start talking about speeding these page speed tests. And I've been doing page speed related stuff or or website speed related stuff in some capacity for like a decade. And it's taken me some time to really digest some of what they're talking about because half the stuff they've got in these page speed tests, they just made up. They, you know, they invented the concept and then termed it something. And right. you really have to kind of, you know, read through it to even know what you're, what you're looking at. But the, uh, the reality is that what people do know is Google says I need to do this. And that, that has something to do with my ranking. Right. You put those two together and then you add in a bunch of confusion and it makes for a great sort of provocative sales email. You can say you're not doing well here. But a lot of people, again, they, they don't really understand what we're talking about here. So let's, let's break this down for a second because speed is important, but you need to understand how it's important in order to, to know as a business owner whether it's something you need to worry about or not. So I don't know. There's something like 200 different factors that Google's looking at to determine where you sit in a rank, right? Mm-hmm. And speed is not number one, right? You know, if you go through and you do a search for you know, the best lawyer in my area, you're not going to be happy if you get a bunch of results about the mating habits of African elephants, right? right? Just because that site happens to be faster doesn't make it more relevant. And that's never going to change. When people go and search for something, they want to see results that have something to do with what they searched for. So speed comes into play at a point, but that point is after you've already filtered out all the crap that has nothing to do with what somebody searched for. And so when it comes down to it, if you've got a direct competitor in your area that has a site that's basically on the same level as yours in terms of what you're saying and what you're offering and, you know, let's say all other things being equal, then the thing that's going to tip the scales between the two in a Google search rank is which one's faster, right? Mm-hmm. But that's the point where it comes in. It doesn't come in prior to that. So is it important? Yeah, it's important because it's the thing that's going to help tilt the scales in your favor once you get down, you know, right down to the level of what you're looking for. But all the way up until that point, you've got way bigger fish to fry. You know, you don't want to be talking about the wrong things on your website everywhere. And then even then, you got to make sure that you understand what you're looking at. Because those tests, I'd say 90% of these tests that I've seen, just conservatively kind of picking a number, what they talk about is your code, your content, and your design. We don't like that you've got an image at the top of the page. We don't like you've got a video here. You know, that stuff has nothing to do with hosting. They do have a footnote about that too. They kind of batch up everything that has something to do with hosting into this one line item that 
is sort of improperly weighted. So they'll, you know, you'll have a site and they'll say, Google said my site loaded in 20 seconds and 18 seconds of that was the server and two seconds of it wasn't. And they're only really upset about that two seconds. Right. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of kind of screwed up skewing that's going on in these page speed reports too. So really, if, if you're going to look at that stuff at all, A, don't freak out. You know, don't jump to conclusions. And B, make sure you're talking to somebody who understands that and preferably somebody that's not using it as a tool to sell you something. You know, if they're trying to sell you an SEO package by showing you how bad you, you rank in this factor, they're, they're looking out for their interests. They're not looking out for yours. Yeah. Um, so, and like, obviously if your website is loading, like back in late nineties dial up where it's just one row at a time, obviously that's bad. All right. Yeah. Most, most websites today, I mean, they come up pretty quick. So like, I mean, in terms of like page speed, I mean, like, what are we talking about here? That's like where it becomes a huge difference. I mean, is it milliseconds? Like, is it something that like the average human eye is even going to notice? You tend to notice it, but mostly only on things like cell connections or really slow computer, uh, like home connections, home internet connections, stuff like that. You're going to notice it if those are very slow or if you're on a cell connection. So the people that are going to notice it the most, let's just say that you're a, you're a lawyer and you're in a rural part of the world uh, or of the, of the United States here. If you happen to be in a rural area, then your primary demographics probably going to see this a lot more. It's going to matter to them a lot more. Because in rural areas, you don't generally have like awesome 5G infrastructure, right? You know, yeah. you're going to be dealing with a lot slower phones. You're going to be dealing with a lot slower connections. Those people are going to notice if your site has, you know, images the size of MP3 files on there because yeah. it, they have to download all that stuff just to see your site. If people in, uh, in really congested uh, metropolitan areas will also see that because that's the opposite problem. You got great 5G infrastructure but you've got like 6 million people fighting for it. You know, that's, that's another area where sometimes you're going to wind up seeing it. But if you're talking the suburbs, mm -hmm. a lot of the people in the suburbs never notice this stuff because right. they've got, you know, relatively immediate access to good internet speeds on good phones, stuff like that. But you, you just have to consider your demographic here. If you're in a rural area or you're in a heavily, heavily metro area, or you just know that the internet sucks, on mobile phones in your area, then you got to pay a lot of attention to it because it's going to be like using dial-up internet from 99 if you got a ton of images or something. But, you know, outside of that, Google, what they're really saying is, look, we want most common cases on a phone for a website to load in about four seconds. And most common cases on a computer that's plugged into the internet at your house or your office to load in like two. That's pretty reasonable. And if you're pretty close to that, that's really the big thing here. Because until you start getting up over, you know, four, five, six seconds, uh, the massive amounts of attrition that you would get off of your marketing efforts doesn't fully kick in. Right. So, and then, and then one of the, I think one of the biggest things that, that you shared with me um, in talking about the page speed test is that um, Google's own properties, like Google's own website properties, like the YouTubes and, and other stuff out there they fail the page speed. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what blew my mind is that you have these, you know, these marketing companies out there who will then try, who try to use a, a Google page speed test to scare you into thinking that your website's doing poorly. When, if you compare it to YouTube or, or another Google property, 
it also fails. Yeah. It's kind of an irony. Like Google's definitely not eating their own dog food here. Yeah. But aside from that, if you go run a page speed test, the odds that Google in the page speed test is going to have a lot of huge complaints about all their own stuff are nearly a hundred percent. It's hilarious. You know, fonts, Google analytics, Google AdWords tracking, you know, their ads. If you use any of Google stuff, they're upset about it, which is so it's screwed up and it kind of, you know, makes it look like they're not as, uh, as much of a villain in certain areas as they might otherwise be, you know, monopolistically. Yeah. But, uh, it's, it's still, still like, if you're going to tell me to jump all these hoops and you're the one that's providing half the infrastructure, maybe you ought to take your own advice, right? Google. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. So this has been, I just, I, such great information. Um, and, and I, I, I can see us sharing this episode with our clients and with just all other kinds of business owners who, who have questions about this. And so I do have one final question for you. And that is, uh, if you had one piece of advice for our lawyers out there, what would it be? I would probably say, know your focus. Like what is the purpose of even having a website? If you're going to be using that website, know what that purpose is, know what you intend to get out of it. No intent, know, know what you uh, are going to do to try to get something out of that. And if you don't know the answer to all of those, you either need to spend some time thinking or finding advisors that can help you understand what's important. Because if you don't understand the purpose of what you're doing, then every decision you're going to make off of that is always going to be wrong because you're going to have to use objective factors like, well, what does it cost? And does it sound good? And none of that stuff matters. What matters is what is the, what's the goal? And if the goal is generate leads, then what is it that you're doing with your website to do that? How are you marketing it? And what are you backing it with that's going to make sure that that doesn't all collapse in on itself the moment that you actually start to do all of that? So that's, that's everything from what did I design to uh, what kind of offers am I putting on my site to who am I putting the site in front of to you know, what's the hosting look like? All that stuff comes into play. But if you understand the purpose, then it's kind of like seeing the matrix in code. You know, it's still scary, but it's a lot less scary when you know what you're after. Awesome. So awesome stuff. As always, how can people uh, get in touch with you, whether they have questions about their hosting or they want to move their website over to WordKeeper? How can they uh, get in touch with you? Uh, the easiest way is just to go to our website, wordkeeper.com. You know, we try to try to keep it simple. You know, we're primarily a WordPress company, though that's not the only thing that we do. So you know, word for WordPress and Keeper, because that's kind of what we do is try to keep care of all the different things that are going to matter for your hosting to just do what it's there to do. Awesome. That's going to do it for us this week. Uh, continue to rate review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, continue to send in all the feedback. I love hearing from you guys. Um, and that's it. Lance, thanks so much for joining us this week. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening. To learn more, go to spotlightbranding.com slash center stage.